Welcome to the Roundhouse Podcast with Paul Solentrop of Wichita State University Strategic Communications. Thanks for listening. Our guests are Katie Zimmerman and Ashley Holton. They are assistant coaches on the Wichita State volleyball team. The Shockers, they are early in their spring practices. They'll start their spring scrimmages in March and they'll face schools such as Oklahoma, Kansas State, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. Those will all be on the road. Katie and Ashley are both in their third seasons on the coaching staff at Wichita State. Shockers went 26-8 last season, 15-4 in the American Athletic Conference, and they won five matches in the National Invitational Volleyball Championship. Won that title with a sweep at UTEP. So Katie, I promised you a victory lap for the NIVC as we were preparing for this podcast. Top memory from those five matches. Probably at UTEP because they really packed the house. Um, it was a great environment to play in. I think we were a little uh, salty that we didn't get to play at home because we had hosted all the previous matches. So the fact that we were on the road, they had a great fan base, um, and we just had an awesome plan. The girls executed really well. So I think it was just um, super exciting to see them be rewarded for all their hard work. Ashley, how about you? What do you remember from that run? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I mean, overall, I think it's easy for teams to check out that late in the season and with the roster that big have girls kind of disengage, and I think it was great that everybody locked in. But, yeah, definitely upset we didn't get to play here. Definitely thought we deserved to get that, but um, their response was incredible, and we just went down there and took care of business. And it was a really fun game to watch. I mean, they just – Dominated. Dominated. Are you the kind of coaching staff that uses not playing at home as a big motivational tool? Were you playing all those nobody believes in us, nobody respects us cards? I mean, I think a little bit it was that. Yeah, I mean, we like we got the call on Sunday night at 5 p.m. that we were going to have to fly out the next day at like 5 a.m. And so everybody was just like, you've got to be kidding me. And it was kind of a... And we had already known we were in. We played the previous day. Yeah. So also, you can't beat our fans and our right. facility, our atmosphere. So I think we did use that as, like, this is showing that in the future, like, we should have been. We should have been at home. I also was 37 weeks pregnant, and so <laughs> I, our girls were like, that is not okay. So I appreciate that. They helped me out. They had your back. They had yes, my back. fans did show up for those those four matches at home. That was that was nice to see. Uh, you mentioned uh, how motivated was the team going to be to play in these kind of tournaments. And on the basketball side, I think we've seen both mm-hmm. cases, both sides. Why was this team motivated? When did you know that okay, these these people want to play in this and they want to do some good things? Uh, I think we just had. I mean, we had girls that have been around for a long time and I think they wanted to finish well you know for each other and then the younger girls kind of wanted to help piece it together for them yeah every year Lambo talks about like how each week teams just mentally and physically like drop off they're just kind of checked out and when we were at the end of our conference season like our girls just weren't done like Mm -hmm. they were still competing really hard like we were almost I mean we were still rising I guess um, we hadn't peaked yet, so I think that's when they made the call of like, yes, let's do this, and they just really bought into, this isn't just another opportunity to play a game, it's like we're going out to win this. And they did exactly that, so it's kind of fun that we 
that like even just our administration here allowed us to do it. So you get five more matches against good competition. You get extra practices. Katie, how does that help the team going forward? I think they just now have an expectation of what it, what like this program should be. We always want to be in postseason. We had a very long run um, where we were in the NCAA tournament every year. And so just to make it that that's the expectation um, – and that, that's a lot different. That's a whole other month of playing, of, you know, working your body and also working with finals, all of those things, staying mentally engaged longer. So it is a thing that when it's the first time, it's like that's new. And none of those girls had ever, uh, well, some of our transfers, but as a Shocker volleyball player, been in a postseason that long. And so, um, yeah, I just think it's really important that this is the standard. Y'all know how to do this. And they're obviously excited to do that again. Um, next year we'll host a conference tournament. And so expectations and hopes are obviously for the NCAA tournament. But regardless, just continuing to play after conference. Uh, so the American Athletic Conference going to the conference tournament. Uh, Wichita State is in favor of that. Do you like that? And tell us why. Yeah, I mean, our, once again, our fans rock. Anytime I'm talking to our recruits or anything, it's like we have the best fans. We have the best atmosphere, facility. Um, and so I think it's just a really special opportunity that our girls get to play another game in front of them. Um, and then the conference tournament obviously is another opportunity to get a team into the NCAA. Um, and so that would be great to have that just opportunity at home. Do we know the format? How many schools will be in it? That kind of thing? I don't think we know yeah, anything. Okay. <laughs> just with SMU leaving, too, they're still reformatting our, our conference. Our whole how schedule. It. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. All right, Ashley, so Shockers are in spring practice. Let's kind of set the stage for fans. What's the routine? What are you guys doing in, in spring drills? Well, it's nice. It's nice having a smaller group, actually. I mean, we're able to give all of them a lot of attention, and the group is great. Like, they really like being together. They do stuff together off the court, so the vibe is great in the gym, and it that always helps just – you know, we're all excited to get in and train. Um, but a lot of this is when we do a lot of kind of positional breakdown stuff, individual breakdown, um, a lot more time spent on kind of technical emphasis and all that stuff. Um, but it's great. The gym's still super busy, even with 13 girls, just the way Lambo likes it. And they're working really hard. So it's exciting. Katie, is there an overarching theme or goal uh, that, that you're looking at this spring? There's always lots of experimenting. Is there, you know, maybe a particular position group or, or something that you're really, really highlighting? Um, I think just if you would look at our roster, a lot of our, I mean, we had quite a few seniors and a lot of our points for point for point have graduated. Um, and so just bringing girls up to say, you know, even if they had played, maybe they didn't have that load or that responsibility. And so um, we love our middle stuff. So a lot of M2 action is what we're working on. Um, but then our pins are also getting just a ton of reps. And um, we have an incoming setter who has gotten quite a bit of work in already. Um, he calls her Emily Hebert, which for all of our fans, what a great compliment. And so she's working really, really hard. Um, but I think the theme of just being together and our girls really 
are, uh, like, it's a new group of girls that are speaking, talking, kind of taking charge. And so I think they're just really excited to have that opportunity um, and being ready for the incoming freshmen to come in and just kind of having our culture exactly where they want it. They're doing a great job of that. So the setter you mentioned, Sarah Musial, she mm-hmm. is from St. Charles, Illinois, also added a, an outside hitter, Alyssa Gonzalez. She is a, a redshirt freshman transfer from TCU. So we mentioned you'll play some really good competition in the spring. Tell people how that's set up because sometimes there'll be split squads. What do you get out of the spring scrimmages? What's, what's the goal with facing these teams? Ashley? Um, well, Lambo is a scheduling genius, so sometimes that comes along a bit later than everyone else for fall and spring, but I think we're lucky to be in a position just nationally, you know, in terms of where we're situated. We're surrounded by a lot of good programs that are easy to get to, and he obviously has connections everywhere, so, um... Yeah, we get the opportunity to play some high-level programs. We will probably stay one squad for those games. All of them are actual, you know, we'll play it kind of as a five-set match, except for when we go to Kansas City. We'll, um, it's kind of like a round-robin format. But it'll be great, you know, to get in uniform for some of these and actually not just go through the motions, but, you know, play a real match and get some lineups in and kind of see what it looks like so so Katie last spring Chris Lamb talked a lot about Morgan Stout she was really busy doing a lot of different things and that appeared to have paid off because she had a had a fabulous season anybody similar to Morgan Stout that you really are paying attention to that is really going to stretch themselves in in hopes of, of pulling some productivity out of them well, we hope Morgan does even more. She's phenomenal and killing it right now. But um, I think Maddie Wilson is doing a great job, could fill into that M2 role. Um, Brooklyn Leggett, she is just crushing balls right now and I think um, is going to have to step into some form of a role that's consistently on the court. And so... What, I, Brooklyn, what position? She is a pin hitter, so outside or right side. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah I think something in the spring you know Lambo's an experimenter he does not care if we win or lose these matches as long as we are getting better as long as he is seeing stuff that progresses our future lineup whether it's like oh that one probably didn't work or we're gonna try this girl in a in a position that maybe she's not as comfortable with and we might love it or we might hate it but like the the match itself he wants us to play hard but he doesn't necessarily care if it comes out as a win that's not the goal right so I think seeing what these girls can do um, when they're put in those situations I don't know if it's as as much of a Morgan Stout Morgan Stout kind of thing but I think there's a lot of room for any of our attackers to step up and have to dominate like Emerson she played a ton last year but now her role is going to need to be larger Alyssa's coming in she's doing phenomenal I forget that she's a freshman we talk about Mm -hmm. that just because she's a transfer but she's doing great and so really all of our attackers um, having the opportunity to be really impactful Mm -hmm. 
So now would be a good time to, I guess, reset fans on the roster. So Sophia Rowling had a fabulous career here, graduated. Natalie Foster transferred to SMU. Barbara Kohler transferred to Florida Gulf Coast. So we are looking to re replace a lot of points from that team. How do you start thinking about the offense and, and, and working on that this spring? Well, I mean, the thing about Lambo that is very different from most other coaches is when he looks at the way he situates a lineup, it's not as straight up as most coaches would kind of put players in a wheel he's super creative I mean he has a brain like no other so he's able to see people kind of outside of the box that maybe other coaches would see them in um, and use their you know their upside in an even bigger way I guess um, but yeah I mean and we're also going to add people that probably can come in and make a pretty immediate impact as well so in the like, fall yeah in the fall so I think this spring is really setting a good foundation I mean I think we're going to be super highly productive maybe more you know I think we relied on a couple people to be point scorers I think we're going to be way more well balanced which is probably a much healthier way to kind of you know run an offense yeah, yeah. So we've mentioned the two newcomers that joined you for the spring, Sarah Musial, the setter freshman, and Alyssa Gonzalez. Uh, Katie, give us a brief description of both of them. Well, I'll start with Alyssa. Came from TCU. Um, we're super grateful to have her. She has a great hand on the ball. She can spin it. She is very springy. She likes the ball pretty fast. And she just has a great attitude, so she's been wonderful in our gym. She's going to make a huge impact um, on this program, and she's just been a great, like, teammate so far. Mm -hmm. Enjoying coaching her, happy, just high fives, all that stuff. Um, Sarah, she, you know, is technically a high school senior, so she's running a lot of our practices right now as a setter and crushing it. Um, like I mentioned about Emily Hebert one of the best she was one of my setters and just someone who just like works hard puts their head down doesn't really complain she's not you know looking for um, always like positivity or yeah, yeah she's just like okay what do I need to do what do I need to do and so I think since we're working a lot setter middles um, they're doing a, a great job communicating especially like Morgan Stout someone who's been here someone who's done really really well she is working on communicating with her how can she help you know just give her feedback and stuff Izzy is also doing a great job of um, bringing that setter role up out of a young a young player so they're both great additions uh, Emily Hebert was a setter on the 2017 team that won the American Athletic Conference and the Shockers hosted the NCAA uh, first and second rounds that year so actually you work a lot with the Littles they were a really good group in 2023 you've got four of them back uh, what's that group working on this spring um, probably just like refining location on a lot of the thing, you know, dig location. Um, just, uh, yeah, we, we work in our Whataburger. The doubles. Oh yeah. What, what do you mean? Meaning they're not, the new rule. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, kind of sadly, I guess there's a new rule that you just, they don't call double contact like ball handling violations anymore. 
which will get kind of crazy. Yeah, you're gonna have to explain that more. What's the impetus behind that? What's it gonna look? What's it gonna look like for fans? I guess is my yeah. I mean, it's changed a lot over the years. Like, I mean, there was a point where like the ball could not have any movement on it really, and then it was kind of a subjective thing. And now it's basically you can you can handle the ball however you want as long as it doesn't travel across the net that way so if you want to throw something in the air that's wildly spinning and going every direction um, it's totally legal but that also means that um, we want our littles using their hands a lot more so a ton of emphasis on them actually hand setting the ball instead of using their platforms to set when we're out of system and it's not coming out of a setter's hands um, and they're doing a great job, yeah. like doing a great job trying to keep our offense in system basically when we're supposed to be meant to be out of system. So keeping things fast to the pins, stuff like that. But What's the motivation for changing this? Uh, you mean the rule change? Yes. I think it's probably just you – Lambo might have a different answer, but I think you've got like older refs who have been refing the mat, you know, the game for so long a certain way and so they call things really tight and then you have another set of refs that are super liberal with how they view that call and, and so everyone just yells at the refs you yeah know, that's what the fans yeah. too they see the ball spinning coming out of the center yeah. or anyone's hands and they're Double. yelling no you know yeah. even in our gym that is eliminating people yelling yeah. when we're when we're going back and forth and so just throw it up. I mean, obviously, it is a skill. It is an art, so you want them to have the proper technique and stuff, but it's not going to end the rally. So hopefully, I'm guessing they did it to eliminate some of that, and mm-hmm. then just if they can play, they're going to play. Right. And okay. I guess, I mean, if you want to train a setter that's just going to be terrible, that's it doesn't necessarily give you an advantage. Right. You know, so, um, but it does give the littles... A little more lateral to make a less than perfect contact and okay anything that eliminates the burden on the referees I think we're in, we're in favor of just kind yeah. of clean things up make it make it simple you mentioned Emerson Wilford earlier Katie uh, she had a really nice season became a bigger part of the offense what's next for her what's she focusing on this this spring um, I think she's focusing on we're really making her that six rotation player. Um, she can definitely do it and serve receive. She has worked really hard on her defense. Just sometimes bigs back there like to stand up, and so making sure she can uh, get to the floor and move laterally and stuff. Also, her shot selection. She's really worked hard on um, doing things that are uncomfortable for her, and it's getting it's getting more and more comfortable. And just um, I'm excited to see come the spring matches how that translates from the drills that she's really doing well in to actual gameplay but um, she's going to have a huge role I think her leadership role is just next ball next ball next ball and I just appreciate she's not a complainer she's high-fiving people Um, she's not necessarily the loudest in a sense of cheering people but she has a partner named Katie Galligan who does plenty of that (laughs) and so Emerson is like next ball mentality win every point and I just think that's we need more of those. Her, Morgan Stout, everybody who's like driving that um, competitive every single ball mentality is good for our program. 
So Emerson is one of three Shockers who will be going to the USA Volleyball Open Program in Colorado Springs, along with Morgan Stout and Brooklyn Leggett. Katie, describe that. What, what does that mean for those three? It's just a great opportunity for them to be with some of the best athletes in the game around the country in college, and then also representing our program. I don't think we've sent girls there in a while, so um, it's just, I think, a, a great opportunity that they get to meet a lot of people. They're training really high-level volleyball um, with a lot of elite coaches, and so I think it's just exciting for them that hey you are 100% good enough to represent us somewhere else and then also for our program just like we're proud to send them we're excited for them they are awesome humans as well as volleyball players and so I'm excited for them to get the chance to show other people what they can do uh, within drills and playing and stuff. Morgan Stout, uh, middle, who just had a fabulous year last year, second team all-conference. It was really a lot of fun just watching her just kind of get better and better throughout the season, and she was really, uh, I think, pretty close to dominant at, at times, late, especially late in the season. Uh, take us through her season. What clicked, or when did you begin to realize, boy, she is really playing some high-level volleyball? Ashley, you can go first. Just kind of take us through your, your observations of Morgan Stout last season. Well, Lambeau spent... I mean, our whole spring last year at this time was kind of dedicated to developing Morgan as an M1 and um, kind of refining her ability to get her hand on the ball better um, and just working that connection between her and Izzy. And, yeah, I mean, Morgan is like an absolute alien. It's crazy <laughs> the things that she can do with her body. She's just built so differently, and then her brain is also built differently like she could not be more competitive and that's one thing that we love about her like we will never try to put her in a box and you know take that away from her but I think that she grew in maturity in her kind of cerebral understanding of the game kind of what she needs to do to find ways to win and score and then just really matured in her ability to kind of be the glue be a rock for us um, keep her emotions intact so that it was driving us forward constantly and I mean you can't not win with her you know so yeah. yeah. Katie what were your observations of Morgan last season? Yeah I think she obviously grew physically just like she's crushing balls um, we had overall we would win serve and pass and Izzy would put the ball exactly where she needs to so Stout had more opportunities than I think she had previously um, and then when you're good behind the setter like it winning is in your favor so the fact that we could develop her in that was really good I also think that we had a better relationship with her as a coaching staff mm -hmm. like each each one of us has a little different relationship with her mm -hmm. Ashley in particular is the person who can tell her hey you need to maybe bring it back or like when she because she is so competitive and it's amazing tool but to be able to push that forward and you know our brains are a powerful thing we don't want to get distracted from just being upset about a play or being too um, excited or something so I think the relationships with us allowed her to trust us and us to trust her and say hey we understand where you're coming from maybe move on or yes we're gonna fight for that mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying um, and I think that that paid off knowing that we had her back and like she could 
come back to us with feedback and stuff like that. So yeah, the maturity thing, she just really grew. And then obviously the physical stuff. I mean, yeah, she's very <laughs> athletic and working. She works really hard too. It's not like it just she comes does. to her. She works really hard. Okay, it's interesting you brought that up about trust and relationships because with the the new coaches here, they've talked about that a lot, about Brian Green, you know, how did he approach the fall and hitters? You had to, you know, he wanted to let them, you know, build a relationship before you could go back. So you two as coaches, how do you go about building that relationship where they trust you and you can tell them maybe difficult things? Katie, how, how do you go about building that, that trust and that, that faith with a with an athlete yeah I think some of it takes time obviously like now they know us more but a lot of it is they know our hearts outside of volleyball Mm -hmm. like they know you know we ask them what they're doing on a daily basis things that have nothing to do with the sport just knowing them as humans them knowing us I think allows us to give them feedback and that's not attacking them it's literally saying we're just trying to make you better and what you're doing right now is not that so um I think now that they you know, have bought into our system. Not that they ever didn't, but like coaching changes are always tough. And, um, I think just having the, I don't know what word, but the fact is like, we know what we're doing. They're going to trust us. They're going to buy in. Um, and then there was success that followed that. So I think all of those things helped just continue to make those relationships stronger. Ashley, how about you? How do you go about building those kind of relationships? Um, I mean, everything that Katie said, for sure, and I think it's a process. I mean, it doesn't come immediately, but I think a a lot of it comes from, uh, you know, that three, four hours. It it doesn't happen in that three, four hours where you're just training all the time. A lot of it is off the court while you're traveling, you know, just really trying to pour into them as humans outside of... um, their sport, you know, and just building a relationship with them. We talk over coffee a lot. We love coffee. Um, no, really though, we do love coffee, and most on the most girls on the team do. Um, but I thought that was something fun. Everywhere we would travel to, a lot of times we had some downtime in between our serve and pass and the actual match. So Ashley normally would find a local coffee spot or there's always a Starbucks, and we would walk there from our hotel, and anyone who wanted to come was, it wasn't like a mandatory thing, but by the end, I think literally everyone yeah. came just just to walk, and also, um, I think it was just a fun time to chat about life, mm-hmm. nothing to do with volleyball. So Katie, what's your go-to coffee order when you're oh my at gosh. a coffee place? It really depends on the place and the season, <laughs> but the biggest part is I love the toppings, meaning it needs to have whipped cream, and... And or, if it's a cold drink, cold foam. Flavored, preferably. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ashley, how about you? What do you order? <laughs> I drink coffee. <laughs> you drink, I drink sugar. She drinks coffee. I drink literally black coffee, maybe with some cream in it. Okay. Ashley, do you have a favorite local coffee place that you go to? Ooh. Okay, I love Fairmount. I yeah. love, just sometimes they don't make the coffee hot enough. I like things hot. I like hot weather. I like hot coffee. <sighs> So and Fairmount is on 17th Street, right across yeah, the, from shops. campus, Such right next to the field place. house. Yeah, love that place. But Fairmount Seven Brews, great coffee days. I mean, we have gone to every single coffee shop in okay. this city. I can't wait to go to the new one. What is it, Pennant? They took over Leslie's Coffee. Oh where right, you yeah. sent me that the other day. Right. We gotta yeah, go. Gotta Shout go out there. to all the coffee places. Katie, what's your favorite place? 
I I too love Fairmount, and there we get the I get the cafe miel. Apparently, miel is <laughs> Spanish for honey, I believe. So it's cinnamon and honey. Um, lattes, always lattes. Lambo also likes that. He calls it a meow though, and he will walk up to the counter and just meow at them. But they know our order now, so I don't think it's yeah. as weird. But yeah, it was weird for a minute. I was told to ask your best Chris Lamb story. I didn't know if I oh wanted to gosh. venture there or not. Is that can that just can that do it? Calling it meow, or do you I, have do you have another one that pops that. to mind? A recent one. Man, I, so many stories. Honestly, like. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, he's hilarious. I like. I think we're gonna write a book because I've been saving stuff that he says. Yeah, writing down what he says. Yeah. Out of context, it's even better. It's funny, but you know his metaphors, his analogies. I don't have a specific example, but tune in for our book sometime. Good plan. That may just be a separate podcast. When you (laughs) get that book ready to launch, we will have you back. All right. Shocker Volleyball, they're in early in the spring season. They'll start playing spring scrimmages in March, several different places. Katie and Ashley, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Hi, this is Rick Muma, president of Wichita State University. Check out the latest episode of the Forward Together podcast. Each episode, I sit down with different guests from Shocker Nation to celebrate the vision and mission of Wichita State University. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Roundhouse Podcast, courtesy of Wichita State University Strategic Communications. We encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find more Roundhouse content at GoShockers.com. Malcolm out near the timeline. Left side of the floor to Baker. Ron works deeper to the wing. Fires a three. Good! Ron Baker with his third three-point field goal of the game, and Wichita State goes ahead by four.